on the spot would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we hold and record this podcast, the Turrbal and Yagara people. We would like to pay respects to elders past and present and extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people who listen to the podcast. Hi, welcome to my podcast, On The Spot. My name is Sophia Maxson and I am your host. This podcast will be talking about people, well, we'll be talking with people in the arts who are disabled, neurodivergent, chronically ill and historically underrepresented. This is the first episode and I am so excited. I was so excited this morning when I was like, I'm going to do the first episode. (laughs) (laughs) Which is really funny. I'm just, I'm just so excited because I've had this idea to do a podcast in my head for ages and I just haven't been game enough to do it. But after some encouragement from my housemate and best friend, Kristen, hello, Kristen, if you are listening, I was like, why not? Why not do it? It sounds like such a great idea. So this will be essentially a podcast that I'll record probably bi-monthly. And I, if I don't have a guest on, I will usually talk about an article that I've seen during the time that I've been researching for the episode. So I've got one for this week. And then afterwards, I'll usually chat to you guys about a topic of interest which I have that for this week Uh, and if not, if there's a guest on I will usually talk to them about what they do in their arts practice and lots of different things and it'll be a very amazing conversation that I'll be able to have with lots of different people so yeah, I am super excited and very good at talking so (laughs) this will go pretty well I think so yeah I I I thought I'd mention a bit about me if you don't know me I am a musician who is neurodiverse I was diagnosed with ADHD at the age of 20 and that was sort of after the year of COVID and you know, sort of discovering that what I was existing with at the time was not was not really working that well <laughs> and went into sort of looking at, yeah, just getting a diagnosis, which was really helpful in so many different ways. It was so helpful. And, yeah, I have sort of been on a very, very, very crazy journey of playing and advocacy and in the last year especially there's, I've I've just had crazy, amazing crazy things that have happened in terms of my advocacy, which is so cool. And yeah, I just, I am always so thankful for those things. And I was talking to Kristen, my housemate and best friend. I will just refer to her as Kristen, if she doesn't mind. 
I was talking to her about what sort of the next steps of my advocacy might be and she suggested a podcast and I had said to her that I'd been thinking about that for a while and yeah she was really like you know you could talk to people and talk about lots of different things I was like that sounds so exciting so I made the jump and I bought a microphone (laughs) which is very exciting but yeah so that's a little bit about me I also like to ramble a lot because I have ADHD, so that makes sense. But also, a bit of the ramble might get cut out of the episode. (laughs) This week's article, well, not just article, but sort of amazing thing that's happened in the media, sort of goes in, well, definitely goes into politics, is about the Senate's inquiry into ADHD care the the greens so this article is by greens.org.au um doesn't say who wrote the article but but it's saying that the Australian Senate has formally backed a proposal from Australian Green Senator Jordan Steele John to hold a Senate inquiry into attention deficit hyperactivity disorder assessment and support services in Australia. Um, Senator Jordan Steele John proposed the inquiry in the hope of addressing common barriers to adequate ADHD assessment and care, as well as establishing possible policy interventions to improve accessibility and outcomes in this space. And I will I will link the this article down below. It's sort of just more of a statement that the Greens have made. It's very very exciting, and I am so glad that someone has someone in politics has decided that this is a really important thing to be brought about. So there's an article, political reporter Claudia Long, that was posted on the 29th of March this year, and I'll link it in the show notes. The title is ADHD Inquiry Announced, but Federal Government Urged to Make Sure It Listens. And essentially, sort of beginning of this article says, ADHD will be the focus of a new parliamentary inquiry with senators from across the political spectrum set to examine the impact in impact the disorder is having on people around the country, which is very exciting. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's a relief, definitely. And, but also a little bit of a, sort of frustration that it has taken so long but but yeah I hope that I hope that some more can be done in terms of not just ADHD but lots of other neuro neurodevelopmental disorders yeah that that will be discussed because ADHD is just one of them, and I think that there's a lot that we can definitely do. Yeah, and I think that definitely that 
talking about these things has made an impact in having 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 the media talking about it and having such a big impact in parliament as well it's very exciting and it's 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 not just the fact of that they're bringing an inquiry to parliament uh it's that you know that it's going to be considered to be looked into the ndis providing support potentially addressing the huge waiting lists that psychiatrists have for diagnosis because some people i know wait entire year and a half or two years to get a diagnosis and i mean just because it affects so many people adhd does one in 20 australians and it is definitely overlooked in childhood especially in women and yeah it's 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 great to see that it's being brought to light and you know I could rant about ADHD for so long and maybe some people would be really wanting to hear about that <laughs> but <laughs> but I I think that I think yeah I thought I'd just talk about that because it was very interesting very exciting for me but yeah I had some other things to talk about and not to sound sort of up myself and slightly wanky in a way (laughs) I wanted to talk about I, I often get I often get questions from those who also have ADHD about what is the best way to practice a musical instrument and I guess this encompasses any sort of artistic practice where you have to sit down and have dedicated time to the instru- to the instrument or to a practice or even to study very hard and I won't make light of it in terms of it is difficult and I went through this entire journey in the last two years of being like I can't practice I feel like I can't practice and I don't know what to do and no one really tells you how to practice when you start an instrument and that is unfortunate and I think that sort of bringing light to the resources that I have found personally that work for me can be helpful and I think that yeah it's it's something I'm doing a lot of research on at the moment but I so I have one other article that I like to draw light upon that I think everyone that is diagnosed with ADHD or dyslexia in particular since this is what this this dissertation covers is about it's by a lady named Sarah sorry if I'm not pronouncing your name correctly she was listening Sarah Raviota and she talks the title of this dissertation is practical learning strategies for musicians with specific learning disorders dyslexia and slash or attention deficit hyperactivity disorder and it was submitted as a 
prepared for the degree of her Doctor of Musical Arts. She went to the University of North Texas. I will put the link to the dissertation in the show notes. And yeah, Sarah has done some of the most amazing research for us ADHD musicians that is so specifically helpful for ADHD and anyone with ADHD exceptionalities as well and vast it you know I I believe that I'd emailed with Sarah around at some point last year just sort of thanking her for making this resource available and she was so glad that it was so helpful and as well her husband also has published a dissertation I will link that in the show notes too but Sarah sort of goes on to talk about the science behind the conditions which is quite interesting and the the most interesting things that she talks about I find are elements of you know music notation and you know how we process reading music notation so there's something she really talked about the processing of this is so this is sorry taken from her third chapter um and it's called the process of music notation reading the processing of music musical symbols on the page involves several components up all must work in harmony. Notation reading can be a source of potential frustra- frustration for students with dyslexia slash ADHD due to deficit literary skills, along with potential problems with visual processing, spatial and directional awareness, and working memory. Um, and I remember reading that, and I was like, this is my entire... This is a big part of my existence within playing a musical instrument that I did not realise that I had such an issue with. And I often found myself getting comments from exams and things that were like, that were saying, you know, uh, Sophia has issue with tempo and rhythm, you know, needs to work more often with a metronome. And I'm like, I work with a metronome all the time. I work with the metronome all the time and it was so frustrating <laughs> because well so Sarah has another chapter which is chapter four that is on time pulse and rhythm and she says accurate rhythm processing from a notational standpoint can be troublesome for students with dyslexia slash ADHD due to slow or inaccurate visual processing or decoding skills in the oc- I might not say this word correctly the occipital regions of the brain. Proper perception of time and pulse and execution of rhythm involve accurate, mo- involve accurate motor timing skills and rapid temporal processing, which are known problems for people with dyslexia slash ADHD. In addition to rhythm execution difficulties, students with these conditions exhibit other specific timing dysfunctions, related to language and literacy skills development. So essentially what she's saying is that that internalizing meter and rhythm is quite difficult with ADHD 
because it 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 has to do with it has to do with internalizing meter and that for some reason is just quite difficult because of because of visual process, processing and sort of uh, I believe that Sarah goes into it uh, auditory temporal sensitivity which makes sense makes a lot of sense that it ties into a very brain brain wave thing <laughs> if that makes sense yeah and she goes on to say that rhythm execution involves two processes accurate motor timing skills and rapid temporal processing the rapid temporal processing theory suggests a difficulty in perception of rapidly presented sounds which can impair phonological perception and literacy, literacy development. That was a bit of a mouthful. <laughs> it, students with dyslexia slash ADHD might find it difficult to perform with a steady metronome pulse or to accurately subdivide rhythms despite being able to hear the beat. That is something that I also have quite a bit of difficulty with. Um, and that auditory memory plays a big role in how we perceive rhythm as well. So also with this amazingness of this dissertation, Sarah goes on to talk about and provide a very thorough resource um, that is a self-help manual so she and I often refer to this I should refer to it more she refers to practice strategies in music so she talks about I will just go through so essentially she talks about lots of different things especially so for example doing the sort of thing that you were taught in primary school and primary school music of putting word rhythms with notations so that you can process rhythms easier which which I do use quite often and should use quite more often and it makes a lot of sense as to why you want to use them so another that she suggests is using colors so highlighting I used to do this on paper although it is a bit of an expensive switch but I went to use an iPad because I use for school which if you have ADHD and you play music I highly recommend having an iPad because on Foursquare you can scramble things around really easily and move things around so that you can create a little game out of your music as I like to call it. <laughs> I like to grab parts of pieces and then just literally scramble the bars within each other and Foursquare also lets you highlight things so Sarah suggests highlighting things like key signatures and changes of key, uh, articulations if you need to, yeah, so things like that. So Sarah also encourages a thing called finger tracking, which is 
using the index finger as a physical cursor whilst reading music. It incorporates kinesthetic touch. It helps with processing. It helps with awareness of note position. Uh, she also provides a toolbox of rhythms. Yeah, there's so much in this in this dissertation. And I highly, highly recommend looking at it. It is so useful. But yeah, I wanted to mention that whilst also talking about different ways to plan practice. Um, I know as someone with ADHD, it's very hard to plan practice because there is just like, it. I, I guess just sitting down and doing the work of planning is one thing. And then also sticking to that plan is another thing. <laughs> I find that quite difficult myself. I find that I go through ebbs and flows of things that work and things that don't work. Um, I find that at best of times I will have an outline in my head of what I need to do, but I usually do need to write sort of a priority list of things <laughs> for the week because I might get to the next week and be like, oh no. I haven't practiced this thing for my lesson and I was meant to have it done by this week and that's not good because I've been doing Brahms instead. Uh, but I I am working on that and it's a tricky thing. I, I think definitely, yeah, it's, it's, it's tricky. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I think as someone with ADHD, I find that I often look for like these quick fixes. My teacher very often says that I want things immediately, which is not a bad thing at all, but it just means that I get a bit impatient with myself and I'm sort of want to find a solution as quickly as possible, which I've realized with music practice is something that you have to work at and takes time. So, you know, I have sat down with myself quite a few times and sort of rejigged my practice schedule and it has changed a lot and it changes all the time because I find if I don't have a sense of the plan changing, then I can get also quite overwhelmed and get bored in practice. And that's the thing that you want to avoid is being bored in practice because although I feel like we can think it indicates that oh my gosh we're losing passion for what we're doing a lot of the time probably not it just needs to we need to incorporate a lot of different things and that can take a bit of time and planning but ultimately it does a lot of best work so I often talk about with people, I talk about interleaved practice. Essentially, I'll grab up another article about it. <laughs> um, and I did an article with ABC Classic that I talked about this in. And it is wonderful for helping with, helping with giving breaks within practice. Just because, you know, in turn of ADHD and needing breaks quite often, but I 
this is something that anyone can incorporate in their practice because having breaks a lot of the time is better than nothing. And yeah, so I recommend interval practice with everyone I talk to. It works for some people, it doesn't work for others. Uh, yeah, so it's it's very interesting. So interleave practice is basically where you will take, well, it can be done in lots of different ways, but you can take, so maybe you take three bars of one piece and say, I'm going to work on this for two minutes. And then you have a 40 second break. And then usually ahead of time, I decide on what I'm going to work on. Then you decide I'll work on this bit for another 30, oh no, another three minutes, these three bars. And ultimately then in that time, you were sort of working very, in a very detailed way on very small sections so that you can ultimately ensure that that process has been and that work has been put in your head and that it essentially goes more so into your long-term memory than it does short-term which is what we want because otherwise it won't stay there and you will probably find it doesn't come back when you go to do Slater. I find that this method of practice works wonders for me. It may not work wonders for other people, but I find that for the long for a long time, and I do need to change it up often, but for a long time I find that for a long time I found that it worked really well because I was able to do short bits of practice in like 25 minutes and I was getting a lot done in 25 minutes in two different pieces a lot of the time so I would go between like say when I was using it a lot was last year before a recital I had and I would use it on the most important sections and after that I would sort of go about practicing interleave so that I could ensure that once I got to my recital I had literally covered everything and that was a nice thing to know because I had felt in the past that when I'd done performances that there was always something left up to sort of judgment at the performance and that's not how you want to feel in real time and yeah I found it I found interleave practice so, so beneficial for me. Uh, I've got an article here by, by, sorry, I'm unsure how to say the name, Shed, Shed the Music, Music the Shed, hang on, let me find, The Shed, that talks about uh, different strategies. And they're really handy because it sort of goes about talking about practice strategies in a way of circuit training or, you know, lots of different things. And then there are videos that are on their YouTube channel about it. And they're really handy because it gives you sort of a, these sort of things to grab from and do that makes practice quite interesting and 
exciting and you find I just find that with this sort of practice and especially with as someone with ADHD who worries about the amount of time that they're spending practicing I find that it works really well for it just works really well for practice for me but also I find that sometimes I can get a bit distracted <laughs> in this practice because like I'll have the 40 second break and sometimes I might accidentally go over that 40 second break and keep on going then I realize that I'm exhausted after because I've gone the entire time some other things that I find quite helpful are sort of it's called what's called deliberate practice so uh, essentially I believe deliberate practice is where you deliberately leaning into the pun there deliberately split up practice throughout the day so you say this is how most people practice I believe but you say I'm gonna do this bit of my bark at the beginning of the day and then I'm going to sort of solidify what I want to do and then come back in the evening and do the same part again and see what has stuck and this often works quite well for a lot of people because it goes into long-term memory again and then also you know plays into like you know you get to you you feel like you have a lot more rest time in between the practice that you do at the beginning and the end of the day and I also find myself getting overwhelmed if I have if I have stuff on during the day and I'm like oh my goodness when am I going to be able to practice but it's nice to know that I can actually do some good quality practice at the beginning and the end of the day and I've I've started to trust those skills that I have more for me to get it done because I used to I used to spend so much time only wanting to practice and that I'd get stressed if I didn't have the time to I think that's a very common thing that happens with musicians who need to practice consistently um but I think if you know how to and practice how to practice and get better at those skills which is more exciting than it is daunting you'll definitely find that your rate of improvement goes up I always also advocate for for mental practice I need to do it more myself but I talk a lot about about using mental practice also whilst having the instrument out because I I remember I'd read The Inner Game of Tennis by Timothy Galway in the first year of my degree and that was really helpful for me because I felt like I could actually order my brain around in a very non-judgmental way to do things that I needed to do and actually being aware of what my body was doing instead of sort of being aware of it in this very subconscious way and not sort of observing it from the outside but yeah it's those are just a few practice sort of suggestions if you will that I give to a lot of people I do need to sort of explore some more ways in terms of planning I love to use my whiteboard that I have out 
I also use my iPad quite often and I try to make things as try to find ways to make things as easily accessible for me because otherwise the practice won't get done. So if I know that there's a plan there that I can refer to throughout the day or if I know that there's a plan on my iPad that I can refer to throughout the day, I will go to it and use it. Whereas if I am just sort of um, going at it in a very free way, which also is very helpful, I find that not as much gets done. <laughs> and that's what you want is to get done stuff done in the amount of time and of course have the quality prioritize over the quantity of practice and that can seem quite daunting I found it quite daunting in the beginning but I promise if you just have a little bit of a think about what even what study techniques worked for you in high school it is really beneficial and make just like making the practice room as easily accessible for you and uh, calming in a way as well because I find that if my practice room is cluttered then it's really hard to do work but yeah I hope that it is le at least I hope that that is at least somewhat beneficial I hope that you've enjoyed the first official episode of On The Spot thank you so much for listening if you've listened all the way through I really appreciate it and yeah I will see you at the next episode bye